0: This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson. This week, hearing loss is on the decline, but it still carries a stigma.
1: It takes at least 7 to 10 years from the time a person realizes that they have a hearing loss to the point when they do something about
0: it. Explaining the drop in hearing loss when Radio Health Journal returns.
2: In healthcare today, the biggest certainty is uncertainty itself. Many people are wary of potential changes to our healthcare system. Dr. Richard Friedberg, president of the College of American Pathologists, says as new ideas emerge, it will be important to focus on the evidence. If you think about it, the confusion of accelerating change can create great opportunities to correct or improve practices. However, we need to realize that both good and bad things can slip in under the radar. That's where pathologists come in. Pathologists are the scientists of medicine, and uncertainty demands that medical judgments be more scientifically driven. From both the patient and policy point of view, we have the responsibility to insist that an evidence-based approach become the norm, both inside and outside the laboratory, as well as in our healthcare policy. Uncertainty can drive creative thinking, but avoiding distraction and following the evidence will yield better results for everyone. Find out more at cap.org/news.
0: Hearing loss is a major disability around the world. It's closely associated with aging, but conventional wisdom has been that earbuds and loud music will unavoidably take a toll on the hearing of some young as well. So experts are pleasantly surprised at the results of an authoritative new study of the hearing of America's adults aged 20 to 69.
2: The actual number of adults in this age range with hearing loss decreased from approximately 16 percent circa the year 2000 to 14 percent in 2011-12 when the survey was conducted.
0: that study leader Howard Hoffman, Program Director for Epidemiology and Statistics at the National Institute on Deafness and Other Communication Disorders, part of the National Institutes of Health. He says the raw number of people with hearing loss has declined slightly, from 28 million to 27.7 million.
2: This uh, decrease is, in spite of the age trend during the decade, in which more adults were aged 50 to 59 and especially 60 to 69 than had occurred circa 2000. We also, based on that and the fact that age is the most strongest risk factor for hearing loss we found would normally have made us think there would be an increase in absolute numbers, even though the prevalence for age and sex might decrease.
0: What's more, in spite of the popularity of earbuds, the proportion of 20 to 29-year-olds with hearing loss didn't go up either. Does Hoffman find that surprising?
2: Not only surprising, but in a way reassuring that it isn't perhaps as bad as we worried about, but it doesn't mean that there's no risk. Earbuds and headphones in and of themselves are not necessarily harmful. It's rather the volume and the duration of listening to very loud, extremely loud noise that leads to permanent hearing loss. There could still be, over time, effects that manifest, but I think the issue is the loudness may not be as universally big a problem as it thought, because maybe people aren't listening to it as loud. doesn't mean that individuals aren't affected, and that, of course, we're very concerned about.
0: The study in the journal JAMA Otolaryngology Head and Neck Surgery defined hearing loss as being unable to hear sounds up to 25 decibels. Hoffman says that's roughly someone whispering at arm's length in a quiet room. More people can hear those sounds than in previous decades, and medical advances are one reason why.
2: Measles, contributed a lot to adult hearing loss. And I remember having a very severe case of measles. But since then, there have been many innovations. Antibiotics became more widely used to treat ear infections, and chronic ear infections can also contribute partially to the burden of hearing loss. There are just so many health improvements that have the medical and health of the U.S. keeps increasing. So that's part of it. I think, of course, there have been changes in uh, occupational employment with many factory jobs or loud jobs moving elsewhere. And I think general awareness of the harmful effects became much greater in the 70s and 80s and on than it would have been back in the 50s and 60s. Another thing is just farm workers. There's many fewer of them these days. Farm workers are exposed to a lot of noise.
0: However, despite the good news, there's still plenty of room for concern. Barbara Kelly is executive director of the Hearing Loss Association of America.
2: While
1: the overall risk of hearing loss may be decreasing over time, the prevalence of hearing loss is expected to rise because of the aging population especially the baby boomers who have had their hearing damaged through noise. And although in recent years, there is a lot more education on noise-induced hearing loss, which by the way, is completely preventable and completely irreversible. While there has been some good public awareness campaigns about that, the generation of people, meaning the baby boomers who might be affected by noise-induced hearing loss, that type of information wasn't available.
0: People between 60 and 70 years old are all baby boomers, and the survey found that nearly 40% of them have hearing loss. Overall, men have nearly twice the rate of hearing loss as women, Men are more likely to pursue noisy leisure activities such as motorcycles and hunting. But Hoffman says that may not explain everything.
2: We can't rule out the possibility of genetic or hormonal or physiological differences, it could be, or even anatomical. However, it is fairly clear from the data that men have been exposed to more noise, both occupationally from factory work or other occupational exposures, and also in leisure time activities, they report more noise exposure. And there are other sources that say when both men and women are exposed to noise, the level of the noise tends to be greater for men and probably longer. So all of that does, we think, increase the risk for hearing loss for men.
0: Genetics may also be the reason that African Americans consistently have less hearing loss than whites and Hispanics. But while the results of the survey are promising, Kelly says there are still millions and millions of people in the United States who have untreated hearing loss.
1: It takes at least 7 to 10 years from the time a person admits and realizes that they have a hearing loss to the point when they do something about it. One of the reasons is cost. People hear how much hearing aids cost, up to $3,000 a year, and that's going to stop them right there, especially if someone has a mild or moderate hearing loss. They're going to say, you know, I'm just going to put up with this. The other thing is barriers to care. It's very difficult to get into the hearing health care system.
0: Until very recently, people have needed a medical evaluation to seek a hearing aid. Hearing aids also require a trip to an audiologist, and Kelly says people with mild to moderate hearing loss may not be ready to do that. But some expert panels say it wouldn't be hard to make hearing help easier and less expensive.
1: One of the recommendations from the National Academies of Sciences was for the Food and Drug Administration to open up a new category over the counter wearable hearing devices.
0: And then there's the stigma of hearing aids. Many people still feel that wearing one will make them look old, even though many of today's in ear hearing aids are so tiny that they're nearly invisible. Hearing aids can also help prevent all kinds of other problems, from falls to isolation. But we have to seek help first. You can find out more from the Hearing Loss Association of America at hearingloss.org. You can find out about all our guests on our website, radiohealthjournal.net. Our production director is Sean Waldron. I'm Nancy Benson.
3: February is American Heart Month, a great time to commit to taking good care of your heart with a healthy lifestyle. Preventing heart disease or slowing its progression is especially important for those living with kidney disease who are at a higher risk of heart disease. Registered dietitian Joy Lutz-Mazar, Senior Director of Nutrition Services for Fresenius Kidney Care, says eating right is key for treating your kidneys and heart right.
1: Focus on fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and eggs. Try eating cold-water fish like salmon, which is high in heart-protective omega-3 fatty acids. Everyone should avoid foods with the letters P-H-O-S in the ingredient list. Those letters mean that the food contains phosphate additives, which may contribute to clogged arteries in the heart.
3: People with kidney disease receive high-quality nutritional support at Fresenius Kidney Care, the nation's leading network of dialysis facilities with expert dietitians who tailor their guidance to each individual's needs. Find out more at FreseniusKidneyCare.com. Medical Notes this week. Over the last few years, a whole variety of diseases have been linked to the composition of our gut bacteria. Now autism might be added to that list. A study in the journal Microbiome shows that changing a child's gut bacteria with a fecal transplant may cut autism symptoms by 25 percent. Researchers got the idea that gut bacteria could play a role because many children with autism have gastrointestinal issues as well. Scientists say that after 10 weeks, behavior and social interaction improved, and GI symptoms were also reduced. Are you on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram? Well, you may be at risk of mental illness. A study in the journal Computers and Human Behavior shows that the more social media platforms a person uses, the higher their risk of depression and anxiety. Researchers say those who use 7 to 11 different social media platforms have more than three times the risk of depression and anxiety compared to peers who use 1 or 2 or none at all. And finally, you may have to go back to about age six to find out why girls are less interested in science, technology, engineering, and math. A study in the journal Science shows that girls don't associate being really, really smart with either gender at age five, but just a year later, they associate that description with boys. By age six, girls are also less interested in activities that are described to them as requiring being really smart. And that's Medical Notes this week. More